Okay. Um, do you want me to just hop into it? Um, or we can talk about something before whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. Wait. Um, I'm trying to think. Of this. Well, I saw your question. I want to like not be embarrassed. I don't know why I'm thinking. I don't. I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking DJ Stewart. I was thinking of putting the team names there too, but then I'm like, I don't know if like the team names would give it away. That's a th uh, you, Do you want me to give you the team names? Yeah, yeah. Give me the team names. Okay, I got you. I was just like, I was just like, I don't want him to be so smart. And then without, oh, I'm not, dude. I'm not. <laughs> I was just like, uh, okay, hold up. Uh, so of course he was in the Orioles, yeah. um, the Rangers, the Brewers, the Mariners, the Twins, the Rays, Nationals, and Padres. Where was he this year? This year he was on the Padres. I feel like, I feel like the Nationals and Padres give it away, but that's just me. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm tripping right now. But with that, hey, ladies and gents, welcome to a new episode of Boom Boom Birdland. Your Baltimore Orioles made the playoffs, but ended up getting swept in the ALDS. Um, what a joke. But it was kind of fun watching them play a playoff game, at least. Um, otherwise known as the American League Division Series, uh, me and my guests will talk about the quick ending to our season and what we hope to see in coming years. Me and my guests will cover the rest of the playoffs, what happened with Norfolk, free agency, arbitration, and more. On my last podcast, we did not have Trivia of the Week, so let's make up for it here. In this week's trivia, I'm going to try something different. I'll give you three facts about a player that either is or was on the Orioles, and you have to guess who that player is. So let's get into it. This former Oriole is still in the league and has played for eight teams, including the Orioles. This player is from the Dominican Republic and is a seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, and ALCS MVP. Finally, this player had five home runs in 2023 and is a DH and right fielder. Um, I mean, the five home runs really can't tell you who it is because he's more of a power player. So it's like it's weird seeing that he only had five home runs. But who do you think this player is? And I thought when I gave you the teams, I thought you wouldn't know easily. So I'm surprised you don't know easily. No, yeah, I think that's I think that's a great question. Honestly, um, I definitely should know, but I don't know why Manny Machado keeps on coming to my mind right now. But I know he there's no <laughs> way he was only hitting five home runs this year. I mean, he's a star, so. Um, oh my gosh! I mean, if you put me in the spot too, I probably wouldn't know the answer. So, I don't know why I'm thinking Brett Phillips, but like, I don't know where Brett Phillips is at right now. You know, he's been all over the place, so it's hard to tell. You know, he's at the Angels now, right? Is he? Is he? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's, he's at the Angels. Because I remember going to an O's game this season, and the whole out, like, they were getting beat because I think Otani was pitching, whatever. They were being beat, like, 9-5. to five. The whole outfield was chanting Brett Phillips. Yeah. That, yeah was, like, that was G-Rod's game, too. That was G-Rod bumped in. And he was, that was the, that was his last start before they sent him down. I know. And I was just like, oh, my, wait, it was? Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I remember that. I was so mad. I was. I thought I was they scared. sent him. I thought that was his first start after. Because I thought they sent him down after the Rangers series. Am I wrong? Uh, no, that was his. Um, I want to say no, no. It was it was the Angels one because he had like repeated really really bad starts and um, I mean we were just done with him and they sent him down and I was I was happy because <laughs> like he was he was blowing so many games I couldn't stand it so. And I know uh, I put it in the stats, but. It's crazy to see that, like, his playoff ERA is a 27.00. I mean, like, it's one game. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's kind of funny to see, in my opinion. Um, it is. 
Uh, as you know, I will reveal the answer at the end of the podcast. Without further ado, let's introduce my guest, Gino. Gino is from Pittsburgh, PA, and is a finance major at Westminster College. So, Gino, question here. Does this mean being from Pittsburgh, you're a Steelers fan? Uh, yes, it does. I'm actually a huge Steelers fan. Um, grew up hating the Ravens. Um, so, but my grandfather gave tours at uh, Camden Yards for a long while. So, that's how I became an Orioles fan. But it was like to the point where when I should become an Orioles fan, I was already too much of a Steelers fan. So, there's no way, you know, there's no going back from that, you know, mm-hmm. just like being a Ravens fan. Like, you, yeah. you guys are just as loyal to your team as we are to ours. So, yeah. what do you think of uh, them beating us? Was it two weeks ago? Oh my gosh. Well, I've been telling people, I think definitely the better team lost. I'll say that because um can't blame Lamar. You know, he didn't play great in the fourth quarter per se, but when he had four drops or seven drops throughout Something the game, I think it yeah. was, it was, yeah, I think it was seven. It, it's unbelievable. Like, and especially <laughs> some of those catches were big plays. Um, I know the one was, should have been like a 40, 50 yard play. And the other one was a drop touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. You know, it just can't happen. And, um, you know, the Steelers got lucky, but hey, uh, that's the game. You know, that's why we play the game. Steelers are three and two. I believe the Ravens are three and two. So I think we're you know. four and two because we just beat the oh, Titans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Steelers had a bye this week. So yeah. And then I think they asked Harbaugh or someone, they were like, Do you guys want to buy after London? They're like, No. I'm just like, Okay, interesting. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just, I just find that really, really interesting. Um, but are you happy with the, what the Steelers are doing so far? Uh, you know, we got some stuff to work on. Um, being being a Pittsburgh fan, obviously, you know, everyone's getting on Matt Canada's uh, tail. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, some of it's just execution. You know, mm-hmm. when we can't execute, uh, it doesn't matter what, you know, plays we're drawing up. And I think, you know, largely Kenny Pickett throughout the first weeks, first few weeks have not have not been spectacular. I mean, he's had some glimpses of the Kenny Pickett that we want him to be. But, you know, he's just not there. I think the defense, a lot like, you know, some of our um, stats and the way it's going to look, it's, you know, it's kind of out of proportion because when you look at the, the time, the average time that they're on the field, it's it's way too high. So, right. you know, they're, them being, you know, under pressure and, you know, three and out doesn't move the ball down the field at all. So we're already starting back um, and they're probably starting around. <laughs> the other team's drives are probably starting around the 40 or 50 each time. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta play the field position game mm-hmm. and, uh, offense isn't helping the defense with that so i do think and like obviously like that game was not stressful at all really because i was at the o's game so I, I was worried about that more but um i don't know if you watched monday night football this week i watched the last two minutes brian dable is the worst play caller of all time like he had one drive with tyler taylor and he basically tyler taylor literally launched the ball down all four plays. I'm like, you have two minutes and you're just going to keep launching the ball down. Like what the heck? At least do check downs. And <laughs> then the bills get the ball turnover and downs. Um, and they miss a field goal. <laughs> then the giants come all the way down to the one yard line. People, people want to say it's uh, roughing the pass, which I agree with. It can go either way. Um, but at that point, you can't really come down to that play of roughing the passer because you had every opportunity to win that game. They were up nine nothing going into the fourth quarter. So like you can't blame it on the PI, but yeah. And I actually wanted to check in to see what your thoughts were on uh the Ravens. Um instead of just calling a timeout or um or you know just 
I guess, yeah, just calling a timeout, kicking the field goal. What do you think of uh, second quarter, uh, the clock running down, and they go for it on a fourth and two and don't get it, which ended up being pretty crucial? What was that? What week was that? Was that? Uh, I guess the Steelers. Oh, I, guess the Steelers. I, know they, I know they did that against the Colts too, but I mean, uh -huh. like, and in that Colts game, like this will come back to the Steelers, but uh, in that Colts game, Tucker missed one field goal, and it felt like Harbaugh just lost his confidence in Tucker. I'm just like, he's the best kicker in the league. Probably the best kicker you'll see of all time. Um, I know Vinatieri's up there. Goskowski's up there. Um, all of them are up there. But I'm just like, you have one of the best kickers, and he misses one field goal. You can't just not put him out there. And the same thing with the Steelers. He did that again. I'm just like, could have been the difference right there. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think um, by the end of his career, I wouldn't be surprised if he is seen as like the goat of kicking. That's mm -hmm. um, great as Vinatieri is. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's amazing how good kickers are these days. I mean, well, have been because I think Vinatieri is going to be the first one in the Hall of Fame as a kicker. Um, and Tucker, I mean, I don't know about Goskowski. I mean, he was he was up there, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he's like on the borderline because there's so many good players. I think a lot. Of the well, the case for Goskowski is he's just been consistent over the years, and um. Mm -hmm. I want to say he has what? He has six. I think he has six Super Bowl rings. I think I believe. so. So obviously, you know, like he's just the kicker, but like, you know, clearly he's making some pretty big kicks for them to be that far. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, like, when it comes to like the Hall of Fame voting and stuff, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, well, Brady was on that team and exactly. take everything away from Goskowski. And I mean, kicks still matter. Like, it may be one point, maybe three points, they still matter. Um, especially in fantasy football. Uh, someone was playing Tucker in my league. Tucker put up 19 fantasy points. That's wild. Against, against the Titans. I think another thing is, is like, if you look at, like, what Boswell has done for the Steelers specifically, like, anybody will look at it. He's our main contributor in points. Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they have a war for football, but if, if, uh, if they had one or if they do have one, he's probably the highest on the Steelers. So, And also, while we're at it, Talking about the series. What do you think about Chase Claypool? Didn't he just go to the Panthers? Uh, Dolphins. Dolphins, that's what it was. Uh, well, you know, he's got to be a tight end. Um, <laughs> they're talking about, and I think, honestly, he could be pretty good. He's a, he's huge, so I think he could definitely be the tight end. Still be a deep threat. I think he would – I think he's going to do well with uh, Yusuke. Mm -hmm. um, with that, enough baseball – I mean, enough football. <laughs> Let's get into baseball. Um, with that, enough baseball. I mean, enough football. <laughs> Let's get into baseball. Um, so today, Norfolk sells the team, and it's not as bad as people think. Um, and if I, I don't even know when I'm gonna put this out, probably Friday. So today's the 17th. Um, but the Tides sold the team to Diamond Baseball Holdings, which never heard of them till today. The Tides will remain in Norfolk as the Triple A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles under the leadership of general manager Joe Gregory and the current front office staff. 
Current owner Ken Young will remain involved with the club in an advisory capacity. What do we think about this? Uh, I don't even – this is just a blip on the radar, you know. Uh, most important thing is uh, the Tides will remain in Norfolk and will still be the AAA affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. I don't see a big problem with this. Uh, at the end of the day, there's, they're still going to be reporting to the same people. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I'm sure the Orioles are lining their pockets, you know, each year to hold their uh, – Hold their triple at, or hold their triple A roster, you know what I mean. So I, I honestly don't think it's a big deal. Um, and you know, whatever, whatever works, you know, it happens. Yeah. That's part of sports. It's a, it's a business at the end of the day. I think it was just odd to see because, like, with everything happening, like just in baseball and everything, that's the last thing you expect to see. And I saw that this morning. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I had no clue that they were selling at all. Like, I, I was like, I no, no one ever said anything about this. Yeah, that is. So it's kind of out of the blue. Um, with that, I guess we can talk about Angelos before we go into free agency. Or do you want to go into free agency before Angelos? I think uh, I think Angelos uh, okay. definitely uh, relates into relates <laughs> right. into free agency. Do you want to start um, with that? You want me to start with that? Uh, if you have anything you want to start with. Uh, um, I mean, he did sign the lease thirty years. Um. Yes. which I guess is good and all. Uh, what sucks is, though, I'll be 50 and worrying about them signing the lease again. So I kind of wish it was longer, but it is what it is. Um, I know Elias said in the post-game, not post, I guess it was post-game, day after or something, um, when they had a press conference, he was talking about, like, yeah, there could be so many renovations and that type of stuff. Uh, what renovations would you want to see? Oh man, I think the field house is fine. I mean, if, if they should be doing any renovations, I've been, I mean, Baltimore is regarded as a top five park in the MLB. I don't mm -hmm. think there's many re renovations that are going to make me be like, oh my gosh, like it's even better than before. Obviously, uh, you know, PNC is pretty well regarded as the best ballpark and mm -hmm. I love going there. It's beautiful there, but you know, Baltimore is still a beautiful park. I don't even think the renovations are necessary really. I mean, unless you want to upgrade, the um the lounges and the and the I think the clubhouse because at the end of the day when you're trying to recruit people are looking at yeah. or players are going to look at well the team and especially pitchers they're going to look at the team around them the the ballpark around them and I think honestly anybody who's looking for a team we're going to look at you know the facilities like that's why you see you know big colleges invest big into their into their clubhouses into their locker rooms is because people want to see that they want to they want to feel the luxury so um if anything i'd say i'd say give it to the players so and i know maybe maybe not i feel like you've seen a pittsburgh uh st louis game just because you're from pittsburgh um i, I could be wrong but um as uh, you know like st louis has like the ballpark village and all that and same with truest bank for the um or truest park for the braves and I was talking to my dad about this. What if they did something with the, you know how there's that old Babe Ruth museum? What if yeah. they did something with that? That would be really cool. I think a lot of the thing too is like, it's such a tight city or mm -hmm. like, it's such a, um, it's just the, the dimensions are kind of tight. So it's like hard to build on, but like, I think if they could do something like that, that'd be really cool. Right. Honestly, as much as I love the warehouse, I feel like that like limits, like, they could do something really cool with it, but it's like, you know, you're not going to mess with the warehouse. That's like well-renowned, you know? 
Um, I mean, could you do something inside the warehouse? I think that'd be cool, but I think they already have things in there. I think mm -hmm. that's, um, I want to say that's where the front office is. I also think people were talking about what if they put like things on like seats on top of the warehouse, but one, I just don't think that would be visually pleasing. And two, I just don't know how that would work. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be hard. Especially like you're going to have to serve, you're going to have to serve them. Like you're going to have to have somebody right. there all the time to be able to serve. So, um, serve the uh, guests or you know fans so i mean it could be but like yeah like you said it's gonna be far away um mm -hmm. you know and it's gonna be like really high up so it's like at some point like yeah. you know when it, when does it become non-appealing yeah you know? and also i know the nationals have like the diamond club like behind home plate i don't think they can really do anything with that just because how the stadium is built and they would have to literally like i feel like change the dimensions of the stadium kind of because you can't really just put it in in that type of scenario yeah no yeah and that's the hard thing like like i was saying with dimensions it's like you got to be able to build it into the ballpark because at the same point you don't want to be spending wasteless money on like taking stuff out so you can renovate it or mm -hmm. you know changing it up like because that's super expensive but if you can already see like what what is my ballpark like and like build on top without having to like destroy um or take out things uh you know so so talking about that that's one thing angelos can build on um another thing that we even talked about in texting um on dms was the money he spends and like people say he doesn't spend a lot of money i mean seven hundred thousand dollars for like just adley that's a lot of money in my eyes mainly because I'm a college student. I know you're a college student too. That's that's a lot of money too. I think though he needs to raise his product kind of like, and I know he's happy that the fans are coming in and all that. But after five years, if he doesn't do anything, we go back down. Do you agree? Uh, what do you mean go back down? Like just back to the bottom of the league. Oh, if we don't, yeah. sign Glenn, don't sign Adley, don't sign these big names. I'm going to rage a little bit here because Angela's really been annoying me. Like I, I'm done with him, you know, like he's one of the, he's one of the worst managers in the, or one of the worst owners in the MLB. It's kind mm -hmm. of unacceptable. You know, we're our payroll for 2023 was 60 million. That is 4 million above the Oakland athletics. Like I just want people to take that in and realize like 4 million above the Oakland athletics. And it's the 29th out of 30 ball clubs. I think that's unacceptable. You can't expect to win if you don't pay your players. You mm -hmm. telling us, oh, hey, well, we're not going to really be, we're not, we're like, how do you expect us to re sign? Because I know, um, you know, we're going to have to raise your ticket prices. There are fans here who give their blood, sweat, and, or, well, their time and attention and money mm -hmm. into this ball club. They want results, and, mm -hmm. or they at least want the effort of results. If you're not going to sign Henderson, if you're not going to sign Rodriguez, if you're not going to sign Rushman, if you're not going to resign holiday Seti, yeah holiday when, when it comes time yeah oh yeah when it comes time which should be Next at week. least another five six years before we have to resign him i believe oh before we have to resign um, yeah um like and you just don't want to spend the money then sell the team mm -hmm. sell the team like you don't have to be the one if you're not gonna like if you're not gonna support the future of the baltimore orioles then sell the team because i'm sure there's other people that are willing to spend the money to make this a great organization mm -hmm. and you saw it i mean our payroll for our pitchers was low i mean outside of you know kyle gibson who's 
uh, being paid $10 million this year, but he wasn't really that good. Outside of that, we had so many rookie contracts yeah. and just, you know, busted players like Jack Flaherty, Fujinami. You know, it just wasn't like, you know, it's hard to win on the, you know, even if you, for the people who watch Moneyball, like on the, on the low spend train, it's very hard to win that way. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to get, it's hard to get the pitchers that are going to produce and get the players that are going to, or the, the fielders that are going to um, give you a championship caliber team. And we saw that in the playoffs because we saw a championship caliber team like the Texas Rangers who have spent the money necessary to make them their team good. And you didn't even see DeGrom pitch. Like, I, I just think that's wild. Or Scherzer too. Yeah, DeGrom or Scherzer didn't pitch, and they were still able to hand, handle us. And we scored what? Like, I have it here. Hold how, on. How, many, how many runs did we score through three games? Uh, I have it here. Let me scroll down. So we scored two in the first game, scored eight in the second, and then one. So 11 runs in three games. So we were averaging like three and a half runs per game, which will keep you close if the pitching is good. You know, right. <laughs> pitching, yeah. we, I mean, we gave up um, around 20 runs. So it's like we're giving up five runs, six runs, six runs a game. Like, I, you know, mm -hmm. you can't win. Can't win like that. Yeah. And I and think. I, I think Oh, go continue, continue. No, go ahead. Um, I think just to put it in perspective for O's fans, um, I know we have the lo uh, second lowest payroll, but even if we get into the playoffs like that, the Athletics literally won the same amount of playoff games we won. So, like, precisely, that's exactly it. And I think you know, like, and I think people need to force Angelo's hands because he's just sitting tight right now because. We just won 101 games. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. I mean, it does. I mean, it was awesome in the L East. But hey, we got swept in the playoffs, and we were mm -hmm. the first. We were the first seed. Like that's mm -hmm. unacceptable. And I think, like, you know, like what is this tyranny that Angelos has? Like uh, suspending Kevin Brown. He didn't even say anything remotely bad mm -hmm. at all. And you know, this is some communist stuff. Like free <laughs> freedom of speech. Like I'm being serious. Like people need to start standing up and saying this is unacceptable there's fans who spend their money they spend their time they spend their lives supporting a franchise and the least we can do is put and i'm not saying like oh don't like i'm not saying go get shohei but do what's necessary to make the team the best it can it can be like because our team could have been so much stronger looking at free agency both before the season and during the season and i think like you know we wasted it yeah i did too and I mean, same thing. Like Shohei's a lot. Um, talking about pitching, though. Uh, while we're at it, I just want to bring this up because this really shocked me. So my professor, uh, in my intro to Judaism class, he's from Connecticut, and we were talking. Someone to his office hours, and he saw I was wearing an O shirt. So he's like, "You want to hear my hot take about the Yankees?" Well, well, first off, he's like, "What team do you think I like?" Because I'm from Connecticut. I was like, "I don't know. Like, I'm just not good with geography like that." Um, but he was like, yeah, the Yankees. I was like, and he's like, I was like, okay. He's like, my hot take would be to trade Garrett Cole to the O's for like pieces. And I was like, that's first off, that's a hot take right there. Um, I mean, I would love to see it. Just, I, I think that would be cool. But like knowing the Yankees, they want to take the, take, they want to take the whole farm system, which we can't do. Oh, and here's my thing too, is, um, the only way the Orioles, because he's on some massive contract right now, the only mm -hmm. way the Orioles are going to take it is they would probably have to give up an extra piece and 
make the Yankees eat the contract or eat a good amount of the contract because there's no way we'd be willing. I don't know how much he's making, but I know it's a lot of money. That he's, yeah, a lot. He's the he's making he's like the top one percent of the MLB of making money. And I think he's probably one of the most paid MLB pitchers in the MLB right now. Or, and I'll tell yeah. you, like with pitching right now, I mean, I even wrote it right here. Uh, Blake Snell getting paid sixteen million six hundred thousand. That's with the bo- uh, with the bonus. Um, and Gibson was getting paid ten million. That's six million six hundred thousand dollars more. Like, if you can't upgrade six million extra dollars, come on now. No, like, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I think that's a big free agency thing, but I think also like um, Blake Snow. I mean, if we could have traded for him, that would have been great. But I think um, during the season, that would have been great. But I think the Padres were looking to keep because they thought they had a chance to make the playoffs or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah. No, I have to try to get where you're coming from now. Yeah. And some reason I don't know why I didn't put his name down. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, another piece. Actually, the Yankees had him at one point. They got rid of him. Um. So I guess again, it sucks to be a Yankees fan there. Um. But that's another piece we could have got. But they wanted like Jackson Holiday, all of that. We could have got. And I I know we were in the talks with Dylan Cease. They wanted Jackson Holiday, like. People got to make like trades that are actually work. This isn't fantasy football where you're trying to finesse another team that is stupider than you. No, and that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know this is the MLB. There are no stupid teams. Or generally, yeah. generally, there are no stupid general managers. And I think that you know that was the right move. And I think people got to look at that too. Like before, people were like, "Oh, the Orioles did a horrible job with free agency. Look at who they only picked up." You know, like you know some managers. You know some. Or some requests are just too outrageous. Like, yeah, like wanting Jackson Holiday for I think it was Dylan Cease, and I believe it was a bullpen arm. It doesn't matter. That's not even close to worth it. Like, you know, we're we're team for the future, you know, and we want to build that future around Jackson Holiday. Want to build it around Gunnar Henderson. Want to build it around Adley Rushman. Want to build it around Grayson Rodriguez. I think that you know um, people got to look and say. You know, hey, like we don't know the full situation. Like we're not in on the front office room yeah. and what's going on. And like you can't. And they did this a while back, but you can't trade all your pieces away because if there's injuries, you're screwed. You're literally screwed. Oh. You have nothing. Look at, look at the Angels right now. The Angels mm-hmm. traded um their top two prospects, I believe it was, um, to try to make the postseason, which they didn't make, and they ended up waving all the players. Yeah. Like, um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you got to be, you got to push for the playoffs, but also push for a future. So that's another person was, um, that I hope those get. Matt Moore, uh, relief pitcher. And he's not, he's not getting paid a lot either. I don't know the exact amount. He's just not getting paid a lot. Um, I know people are saying about uh, Mike Trout, who's going to want to pick up his contract? I even wrote down his contract here. Uh, twelve years, four hundred twenty-six million five hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's <laughs> way too much money, and, and uh, he's not—he's not worth it at this point. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good ball player, but at this point, you know, too many injuries. If if somebody told me, yes, um, well, Mike Trout will play play one hundred forty games a year. He won't get hurt. Um, I would say yeah, like that's a fair like I'll sign him. But with all the injuries he's had, it's too much. It's 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 just way too much of a mm-hmm. um, it's way too much of a risk. 
uh, way too much money to be risking on his healthiness when he's shown time and time again that he, he hasn't been healthy. He can't be healthy. And I mean, he's getting paid till 2031. That's like a Chris Davis salary right there. Like that's, it is. that's insane. I mean, at least he's good and at least he's producing, but that's just insane. Um, talking about contracts, I really want to talk about O'Hearn mainly because I think he was the best free agent signing um, out of everyone that we signed from free agency. Um, if you ask me in the beginning of the first half, I may have said Adam Frazier um, just because he was a little hot at the beginning. Um, but O'Hearn last year got paid $1,400,000. Um, he's going to be in arbitration. So, like, basically for everyone that doesn't know what arbitration is, they basically have to agree on a salary. So if they don't agree on a salary, we may be screwed again. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's a travesty of injustice if we don't sign Ryan O'Hearn. I mean, the way him and Mounty complement each other, well, number one, Mounty can hit from both sides. Like, let's let's spoil that. Like, people say, oh, he can't hit off righties. He can't hit off righties. Is he as strong for the right, hitting off righties from the lefties? No, of course not. But he can still do it. And if I have a ready pitcher, if I'm facing a ready pitcher and I can throw in if my lineup could be Gunnar Henderson, Ali Rushman, um, Ryan O'Hearn, and then um, Ryan Mountcastle, like that's a stellar, that's a stellar first four. Like I would be mm -hmm. scared of that first four. That is lethal. So I think, you know, like Ryan O'Hearn is such an important role and, you know, defensively too this year. I mean, time in, time, like yeah. time out, you know, like over and over, he's been the guy making big plays in crucial moments. And then like people were saying, oh, we'll trade Hayes. I really don't want to trade Hayes. Like I just don't, if you're going to trade someone, trade Santander. Like I feel like that's perfect. Um, And I, I know Santander has a bat, but I feel like you want someone that's going to have 40 home runs, 45 home runs a season. Uh, like I feel like you're going to want that person. And we did have that person with Davis one year, with Trumbo one year, with Cruz one year. And uh, see what it did for us it helped us a lot um and i mean right now it's not really helping the angels but trout 40 home runs this year uh matt olsen look how that helped the braves what was it 50 plus home runs um i mean it just helped like you can tell around the league that it helps uh kyle gibson i kind of want to talk about this a little bit 10 million i think it was a steal um 15 and 9 pretty good record i would say in 20 24 starts. I had to do the math there. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I think he did pretty good. I mean, he didn't have the best start sometimes. I think, though, if you're looking back at it and you're watching game three again, I would love to have seen what would have happened if Gibson would have started instead of Kramer. Yeah, that's like one of those things you can never tell. And I think during the season, like, I would have gone with Kramer too. Going mm -hmm. into game three, hundred percent, without a doubt. Like I, I can't even blame them. I would have done the yeah. same. You know, Kyle Gibson, the last half of the season was just too hot, cold, and mm -hmm. you know he just wasn't consistent enough to be like, I'm going to give him the ball for game three. And at the and same then, point, he was a you know being fifteen and nine. It means that he was at least competitive for a lot of his games, which is important. But at the same point, when you're up and down and the offense isn't doing great. Dean Kramer is the guy where, like, he can pitch seven shutout innings if, like, Great. he's on his A game. You know, he can be that guy. I think another pickup we had, I don't know if he's a free agent this year. He probably is. I just didn't write this stuff down. 
Cole Irvin, um, and people really have been overlooking him. I think he had an amazing season for what he did. For the stuff he did in Norfolk, for the stuff he did in the major leagues, I just think he had a pretty good season. You can't say he had a bad season. That's personally my opinion. No, and, like, here's the thing. I loved his mindset. Like, he was not pitching great to start the year. I think his ERA was a little little above 10 at one point. Mm-hmm. But they set him down. He worked on the stuff he needed to work out. And then he was ready to come back up, and he ate up innings when we needed him to. He started when we needed him to. He supported the team and was, like, one of the guys. And, like, I think he's a great guy for the clubhouse. And you can even see, it. like, he came he came through free agency. And you can see all the stuff he's been doing for Pittsburgh. And, um you know, all the all the community service, like he's just a great guy in general. And I think, you know, he's a great guy for the clubhouse. I think he turned his season around. I don't think his stats accurately represent um how much how much talent he has. And like I thought he was old. I think he's only like 28, which is wild <laughs> to me. But he still has his whole career ahead of him. So yeah. You know. While we're talking about pitching though, we'll come back to Adam Frazier, but let's talk since we're still on the topic of pitching, Jack Flaherty. Um, and I'm also going to mention Fujinami here, but uh, Flaherty, what, five million four hundred thousand, not a lot. Um, I mean, we had a small sample size of what could have been from Flaherty. Um, I think that wasn't enough. I think if you put him out there beginning of the season, he may turn his stuff around. I, I don't know, um, but you may just want to sign him unless unless you have Wallace come back, Wallace is healthy, and you want him to be a starter. I would love that. If you had, if you wanted perfect case here, it would be Wells one, Bradish two, uh, Grayson three, Kramer four, and then I would want to say Gibson, but I don't know if they're going to sign him. Yeah, so I definitely would not sign Gibson again. I think he was good for the Jordan Lyles role mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of like 2022, but um, to be a contender. Yeah. Uh, in Major League Baseball, Kyle Gibson's not going to be the guy. Um, Jack Jack Flaherty, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. re-sign him. Um, also depends on how much he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, Fujinami's a good re-signing because I think we can get him for pretty cheap overall. I don't think we, we're going to have to spend too much on him. And, you know, like, yeah, this year is making 3.25 mil. So – I don't think we'd have to spend too too much on him, and um, I think that he's really good because he came into the season as a starter. So I think we can start him as a starter at least for spring training. See how everything goes. See how he's pitching, and then from there we can move him to the bullpen. Yeah. Um, he's he can be good either way. I think I think he's going to have a better season next year. I think they should keep him. Um, talking about the back end of the bullpen now, Jorge Lopez. Three million five hundred twenty-five thousand. I think you got to keep him. I mean, unless you find a better closer right now, Batista is not going to be pitching next season. You, you need a closer, unless you want to make Canoya closer and Jorge Lopez your setup man. You need a closer. Simple. I actually, I don't know about this one. Um, he had a pretty horrible. Unless yeah. you can make him sign less for three point five million, I wouldn't waste my time with him. Uh, I don't trust him. I think he's kind of all over the place. Um, and, like, it, it wasn't even just last year. Like, as soon as we traded yeah. him, he was he, – he sunk the twins a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he's, like, too much of a risk. And at the same point, like, I don't want to – like, this year he went on for, like, a mental health leave, something like that. So it doesn't even seem like he's 
mentally healthy, let alone physically healthy and physically sound to be able to be a predominant pitcher in the MLB, or at least on a roster that's trying to contend. So unless he signs for less than three million, I wouldn't I wouldn't even touch it. I like I like Cano. I think he's mm-hmm. a good pitcher. I think he can be a solid pitcher for us next year. And like Houston said, we can't sign somebody in free agency either. Yeah. Outside of re-signing Jorge Lopez. I just don't know what other closer we could get. Um, and talking about Cano, he might have been the best uh, person we got from this season. I mean, I oh. was saying O'Hearn, but I think I think it's it could be O'Hearn and Cano. I think defensive-wise, it's Cano because of pitching. Offensive-wise, of course, it's O'Hearn. Um, let's talk about Adam Frazier because I have him on here. Um, eight million. Um, I guess my favorite thing from him is he hit what 11, 10 home runs this year. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Most most fantastic. His, yeah, fantastic. I think one of his best seasons yet. I mean, I know he wasn't an all star, but I think this is one of his best seasons yet. And I know he was great with the Pirates. I know he was, but I think if you go back into when was he great with the Pirates? I don't know exactly what year. But I think he could have been an all-star if he had these stats in that year. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he has the um, – here's one thing I would probably disagree. He doesn't have the all-star. Like, I think he's like – when going into the all-star break, he had like eight home runs, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And he was batting 245, 250. I don't think those numbers are going to jump out. They're like, oh, I'm going to vote him for the all-star. But I, I do think he's an above-average uh, fielder. And while it doesn't show uh, when you look at um, when you look at like defensive run saves and you know all those different stats, I think he's very smart with the ball. Mm-hmm. He knows when to throw it to first. He knows when he shouldn't be throwing it to first, like when turning a double play. Um, yeah. And I think he's just I think he's a very smart player. I think he has a high baseball IQ, and I think he's good good for the clubhouse. I thought he had a fantastic year. I don't think the stats really represent how well he did. Is I think he finished 13 and runs around 240. So, but honestly, you know, looking back this season, he still kept up with the motto of like, I'm not going to strike out often. So even when he wasn't getting on base, a lot of the times it was a it was a productive out. So you'd move the runner up, um, mm-hmm. and he, he would bust his butt getting down the first baseline. So you know, the effort was there. I think the play was there. I think the development was there. I think he was a good role model for the other players in the organization. I think uh, with Austin both. I mean, we paid him one year, one million eight hundred fifty thousand. That's too much. I, I don't want him on the team. Um, if you have both and Baker, that's like suicide watch right there. Um, I just, I just can't. My mental health, like, like Jorge Lopez, my mental health though cannot deal with both and Baker on this team. Oh, I agree. I agree. Well, I think you get both out of here. Both did nothing this year that was good for the team, really. Like he was just hurt for most of the year, and when he came in. Um, he's giving me heart attacks. I think with Baker in 2022, he was spectacular. He was the eighth man, the eighth yeah, inning guy. Yeah. I was standing there, and he was going to give us a good chance going into the ninth. Um, this year, I think command was all over the place. Um, I think he lost his swagger. I think for him, like 2022, he was kind of cocky and he had a chip on his shoulder. And I think he needs to go back to that. And I think you know some guys that's how they function best, and I think that could be Baker's thing. You know, like mm-hmm. I think if he acts. If he's cocking, he's like, "Yeah, I'm an athlete. Like, I'm a good closer." You know, he has that mentality where he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna strike you out, or I'm gonna do everything I can. Like, I'm gonna own you." You know, just being confident yeah. in himself. And uh, I think he could really return to his 2022 Baker form and uh, be really helpful for the Orioles. 
And I remember in 2022 when he struck out like the side for the Blue Jays, he was pumped. He yeah. was hyped. Like he went, he looked right at their dugout. Like that's the Baker. That's the Baker that you want to see. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was talking <laughs> about. Everybody remembers that. That is his thing. Yeah. And I think that you know that's really important. Um, having one of those guys on the team because they're going to fire up your team when you know mm-hmm. in those close games. And then Aaron Hicks. So people are saying he's a free agent, but it doesn't say he's a free agent until 2027. So I would guess we take over that contract unless the Yankees paid him the full amount. Um, I don't know exactly how that works. That's why I highlighted it. But uh, I, would, I would say trade him. I mean, yeah. I thought he was awesome with the Orioles. Um, I think he's a great guy. It seems like he's a great guy. Um, he meshed well with the team, cared about the team. But at the same point, it's like, you know, you got Kierstad, you got Mullins, you have Hayes, you have Santander. Um, I would like to see McKenna back, back up at the MLB level. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm forgetting another – even Ryan O'Hearn plays outfield too. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like a swamped outfield, so I just don't think it's worth paying for him. Um, also, talking about outfielders, even Frazier plays right field sometimes. Even yeah. Jorge Mateo played center field. So, I mean, you it's, have that. And I also think – do you want to go? You, you can go. Uh, I just don't think he's needed in this roster. I think um, if we can trade for – you know, honestly, if we could trade for some pitching, that would be awesome, like some minor leaguers or anything. But mm-hmm. uh, I just don't think he would get the full use on a, on a Baltimore Orioles 2024 lineup. I also find it crazy how like Cedric Mullins wasn't supposed to be our starting everyday center fielder. Um, and I mean, we have Calder who didn't show a lot, but it happens. It really does just happen. Um, and I think if you bring Calder back up, he'll be fine. You, you just need to give him some time, some encouragement. You can't put him in these stressful moments because some players just don't, when they come right up to the major leagues, they just don't fit well into those pressure moments right away like some others do. Hundred percent, you know, and baseball is such a crazy game where, man, it's like you can be on top of the world and then the next minute you're right. you're going over twenty with twelve strikeouts, you know. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, is there any other player should we, we should mention? Um, that I forgot, you forgot. I can't. I can't really think of any to be honest. Okay. Um, I am excited though for Bradfield to see what he does next season. I think Enrique Bradfield is going to be yeah. something really special. Um, and I know we talked about either Hayes or Santander possibly being traded. I didn't hear your opinion on that. What would what would you want to do with that? Uh, who was the first one? Who was Hayes Santander? or Santander? Yeah. How about none? none? I would not trade. I would not trade Santander ever. To be honest, I know people have said that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's going to hit around 30 home runs. His batting average is going to be around 260, 270. He's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think he's just really good for the team. And uh, I mean, you saw how clutch he was this year. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> yank, that bomb against the Yankees in the ninth inning to win one nothing. It's like it's incredible. I think, mm-hmm. I think, and he had a horrible start to the season. He was like Gunner. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as long or as bad, but he was. He was batting like well into the one sixties, one seventies, and he dug out, and um, he ended up being like super consistent for the team. So um, I, I would not like to trade him. Hayes, Hayes is just defensively unbelievable, and 
the thing is, it's like it's not just about keeping him. It's also like he's not his contract's not going to be crazy. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to have to pay him a crap ton of money for him to yeah. stay. So I think um, he's well worth uh, well worth uh, the salary hit. I also don't know about Mateo. I mean, like I love his speed, but I, I just think he might have to be gone at this point. I just don't. I just don't know where he fits in the roster. Well, I think you can make uh, Jackson Holiday be that guy, you know, because he yeah. he's fast. By all accounts, he is fast, and he's not like it's hard to and like he won't re- he will never be able to replicate the Jorge Mateo speed, mm-hmm. but he's gonna get on base so much more than Mateo, where like it doesn't matter. Plus, I mean, if you look down at a lineup, like Gunner steals bags, Rushman will will occasionally steal bags. Um, even see Mountcastle still bags once in a while. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Adam Frazier steals bags occasionally. And I think, you know, I think, oh, and I can't believe I forgot him. Cedric Mullins obviously is a bag yeah. stealing machine. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think at this point it's like, oh man, the thing that's making us not win is that we're not stealing enough bags. Like at the end of the day, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, or I don't think it's necessary to keep him around. I do think one thing that the 2022 Orioles did a lot more, though, than 2023 is steal, steal, steal. Um, I really didn't see that aggressiveness with Brandon Hyde this year. I, I don't know why. Game plan must have changed. Um, it's not, I, I don't think it's something really big because we did win 101 games. But I mean, when it came to the playoffs, there was a few times you could have stole. Maybe, maybe got in the scoring position. But talking about the playoffs, I kind of wanted to talk about the one seed because – both one seeds got knocked out in the ALDS. The O's obviously in three games, and the Braves lost three one to the Phillies. Do you think like that five days in between is just bad? Like, you know, I think it's just. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like you gotta show up to play. You know, at the same point, it's like you're the one seed for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta be the one seed. You gotta act like the one seed. I know for sure that the Orioles didn't act like they were the one seed. Um, and you know, when the Braves are playing against. The Phillies. I mean, it's the Phillies. Like, they're going to come to play. I still think that they're a good team. I do think that, you know, they should cut down the break um, for the wild card teams. But, like, at the same point, it's like both teams are starting at 0 0. At the end of the day, they're both starting at 0 0. So I think that I would, I actually would also like, I know this is a bit of a hot take, but I would like the wild card to go back to um, Mm -hmm. one game. I love that. That is hype. I love mm-hmm. that. Like the atmosphere is crazy. I mean, um, this is going a little bit into box history, but like you know, uh, Cueto dropping the ball uh, when it was Reds versus Steelers or Reds versus Pirates. Sorry, I think it was, <laughs> 20, I think it was 2014. Um, I mean, I remember watching that as a kid, being like 10 years old, and I'll never forget that moment. Like that that game is just unforgettable. But like when you mosh it up into a three three game series, it's like so. Yeah, it is. So. And, like, the three-game series, like, they're all at home. So, like, for the Rays, they all had their games at home, um, which I find a little odd, but it is what it is. Um, and I would think, like, if it was three games, like, I feel like – I guess all at home's fine, but, like, you would think at least, like, 2-1, whatever. I don't know. That's that's what I would think at least. Um, I mean, I love the one game while The only thing I hate about it – is that teams play 162 games to get to one game and lose, and it feels like a worthless season. Um, and that's how I felt, of course, when uh, Buck didn't put Zach Britton in, in the nine. 
uh what was that 2016 yeah. i think yeah um so like yeah i see what you're saying i see what you're saying i just think like it makes it more like an energetic feel mm -hmm. um, i think it was just like it's one of those games where you know and i think that makes it even more like why it's like why they should value trying to be the number one seed yeah um, i think in general true. i think it i think like um if you can avoid trying to be trying not to be eliminated in one game like um yeah i feel like that just you know uh makes it even more of a reward for you know finishing the season well i also think like and i was thinking about this obviously because the o's got swept in three games and i kind of wanted to see them play more games in the playoffs like the nhl what if every series besides the wild card um was seven games oh i think the the, the thing that happens with baseball is then you gotta start this you gotta start the season yeah. you know earlier yeah. because i mean it's getting cold out i think the optimal baseball season is starting to come to an end now so i think mm -hmm. if you were to do that i think you gotta start the season early yeah. so it can end earlier and then from there uh get some more um you know sunlight and warmth <laughs> so yeah and then we did talk about the one seeds um the two seeds i mean the astros are right now they're fine they're in the alcs um, I personally think, though, if the Astros were the one seed, they would not. They would be get swept in three games. Simple. Maybe, maybe four, but I I think it would be Orioles Rangers if we had the second seed and we played the Twins. That's personally what I think. Um, well, and I mean, the Rangers are showing that they're good. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I don't even think you could be like, oh well, this the Orioles lost. You know, and a big part of that was. The break like i don't think anybody can say that because if you look the rangers are 7-0 in the playoffs right now like that's unbelievable i mean they've been unstoppable they've earned their keep they've you know they've earned the respect um i think that i think that there was no stopping them i don't think anybody who would have played them would have would have beat them mm -hmm. i mean um obviously the first game against the orioles that was a tight game but from there they're both pretty much blowouts so yeah um and i think it's just crazy though because like I don't know. It's just annoying that the playoff format is like that because the what is it central is just weak compared to other divisions. But it happens. I mean, like something they could do, which I don't think would work at all, um, is they could switch divisions around. But that I just do not think that would work at all. I had that. I had that thought, but I was like, yeah. I hate that. I hate that idea when people bring that up because I'm big on like yeah. I'm big. I'm big on like baseball remaining as like an old game. Like I love, I'm actually not, I'm not a fan of the strikes, the automatic strike zone. I don't think it should be implemented. I think it adds like the human error to the game that has been, you know, along with the game for the past 150 years since it was invented. Mm -hmm. I, I like that part of the game. I think that part should stay. And I think, um, you know, it also, you know, it leads to fights, it leads to arguments. Like everybody loves seeing that, you know, and I think yeah. it, it brings the, like the heat to the game. Like that's how you pump up your team. That's how your manager inspires you is by like getting thrown out of the game. And I um, think also backing you up on that is that it's just, you have to, in baseball, you have to adapt to your surroundings. And I mean, you kind of have to do it in football, but like it's different every game because the umpire's strike zone is different every game. So it's kind of cool seeing the pitchers having to adapt their swing to what the ump has to do and i mean that's where your point comes in um we did talk about the ashes a little bit i mean the dodgers number two seed they choked three games and dimebacks i mean it's not even a rare happening anymore like it just happens every year at this point i don't i mean i'm not a dodgers fan so i can't i don't really know why this happens um 
do you have any reason why they just keep choking in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I think when you have a team that's hyped as much as the Dodgers, anything but making it to the World Series is going to seem at, as a choke, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're always strong during the regular season. Uh, they always play well. They're always a tough team. I think just, you know, uh, it's just a bad series with, you know, combined Mookie, Mookie Betts and uh, um, Freddie Freeman, you know, one for 21. It's just unlucky, you know. At the end of yeah. the day, it's just unlucky. And I think that, you know, for a team with such high expectations, um, I mean, they finished with the worst with the worst record than the Orioles did um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So um, is that saying that the Orioles um, choked in the playoffs? I mean, yeah. maybe. But, you know, people don't say that, though, because they're like, oh, well, they're a young team and they have low expectations. Mm-hmm. I think just their expectations are so high for even even the expectations they put on themselves. But the expectations are so high that when they don't, you know, make the World Series run, when they don't win the World Series, when they don't make the World Series, when they don't even make the, you know, the ALDS, you know, it, it doesn't, the people are going to say they choked, you know, but mm-hmm. that's part of baseball. You know, you're not going to win it every year. I find it crazy though that the three, uh, the two one seeds, and the Dodgers, um, all combined to go one in twelve in thirteen games. That one, that one game was the Braves when they beat the Phillies. Um, and I don't, I really don't know about like if it's the playoff format or not. I know, um, I'm blanking. Do you know the manager's name or the owner of the MLB? I'm blanking. Uh, um, Manfred. Manfred. And I, I know Manfred's not like not really looking to change it back right now. So I mean, I, I guess it's fine how it is right now. Um, but it's just weird that one in twelve, like these are like the best teams. And like the thing is, like obviously, I want the best team to get to the World Series. I'm an O's fan. I mean, I'd, I'd always want the O's to get to the World Series. But like, you want the best team there. But then you have these best teams, like the Braves, the Orioles this season, the Dodgers, and you're just like, you want to see all these guys' talent show in the playoffs but like they don't always show out and it's just it's just annoying because like and i guess like it's different in the nfl because i feel like the nfl is a shorter season but it's like i don't know you just want to see all these guys make good plays and sometimes they just don't no yeah 100 and um i mean manfred uh for me my relationship with him or like my thoughts on him it's like it's been you know pretty disheartening mm-hmm. um you know, ever since the whole Astros, like, oh, well, it's just metal. Uh, when they're talking about taking taking the World Series trophy, he said something along the lines of, oh, it's just metal. Um, oh, it's just a trophy. I'm like, really? Like, this is what people put their blood, sweat, and tears into. This is mm-hmm. why people work their butts off. This is why people love the game. This is why people play the game. You know, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, we're all rooting for a World Series uh, championship to, like, come back to Baltimore. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of disheartening. And I think, you know, him saying like, oh, uh, him not really caring too much that the top teams have been out, teams have been out, it, um, kind of disheartening too. I think, yeah, like it's, you can't really fix it as of yet. You know, you gotta see, gotta get a bigger, uh, experiment, you know, field, uh, get a few more years to see what the effect is and change from there. But, um, I think he just, I don't know, it's, I think he's just very disheartening. Like, I, I don't know, like, the stuff he does, I'm like, do you really care about the game at the end of the day? Like, I, like, sometimes it's leading towards, I'm like, no, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. It's honestly weird how it is. Um, but anyway, since we kind of summed up 
some of the divisional series. I really didn't talk about the wild card, so I just kind of want to go over that real quick. The Twins beat the Blue Jays 2-0. I was actually surprised. I thought the Twins were going to lose um, 2-1 or 2-0. I was kind of surprised. Royce Lewis showed out. Um, Rangers beat the Rays 2-0. Again, the Rays were tired, though. Like They're fighting for a division. They lost Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, uh, Wanda Franco, and I think they lost someone else. I just, I think Diaz too. Um, yeah. And then the NL wild card, you had Dimebacks beating the Brewers. What sucks though is that like the Brewers were like, um, what was it? NL what? What division are they in? Central. Uh, the the Diamondbacks. No, the Brewers. Oh, the Brewers. Oh yeah, uh, NL Central. And okay, NL Central, and they won the NL Central, and they lose two nothing. So it's just a little weird. Um, Phillies beat Marlins. Okay, knew that was going to happen. Yeah, everyone um, saw that. The Phillies are hot. Oh my god! Like, if it's not a Phillies Rangers World Series, I'm going to be surprised right now. But I don't. I don't think the Astros are going to lose in four. I just don't. I just do not see it because uh, they are so experienced. But uh, with that, let's move on to the ALDS NLDS. Uh, we talked a little bit about the O's, uh, and they ended up playing the five seed Rangers. We talked about that. The three seed Twins would face the Astros. Astros would win. Uh, Diamondbacks would face off against the Dodgers, and the Diamondbacks would sweep them. The Phillies would face off against the Braves. We talked about that. Um, so I kind of wanted to go into like a little more about what happened with the O's games, mainly because I was there, and it just personally – as a fan and personally as a podcaster following this team through 162 games, it was very, very like hard to handle for me. Like when the Ravens lose, like, and I don't know why, but ever since the Joe Flacco era, I kind of like, and actually this might be a little TMI, but like ever since that Tennessee Titans game, um, in the, when they were the one seed, they went 14 and two, they lost in the divisional series game. Um, the Titans scored the first touchdown. I knew it was over because every time the Ravens won, they scored the first touchdown. I just knew it was over. Had a bad feeling. Was in the bathroom the whole first quarter. Um, so I feel like with the Ravens, like I try not to worry about it anymore because it, it used to bring me so much anxiety, like especially Flacco. Um, but it used to bring so much anxiety. So I try not to just. I try to put on the down uh, on the down well. Um, but being so invested with this team and the anxiety it brings, like it's just an, it's just annoying. Um, and I don't know if you were at one of the games uh, for game one and game two, but uh, game two, the crowd was dead. Like, the crowd was out of it. I don't know if you saw that on the TV or not, but the crowd was out of it. I think it's also hard when you go down 7 nothing. Uh, yeah. Was it, was it 7 nothing? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't start a game like that. I mean, that, we saw beginning of the year Grayson Rodriguez. We saw the Grayson Rodriguez that – Gets behind in counts, gives up walks, gives meatballs, and you know, in a playoff game, people are going to capitalize off that. And, and then I, when Jake, uh, when Jacob Webb comes in, my dad sitting next to me is like, "Watch this! Gives up a meat. He's going to give up a meatball grand slam. Bam! It happens." I'm just like, "Well, you can't even blame Jacob Webb. Like, you know, how many times? Like the, the amount of times this season that we've put him in crappy situations that are meant to not work out. I mean." It was bound to happen one time, and then you know it happened here. I think also by the time we were losing five one, something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, in the game. So 
Um, I think, you know, it's, it's bound to happen when we, when we don't put our pitchers in good situations, when we have to make changes, when there's no outs and the bases loaded, I think it was. I mean, it's like, what do you expect the result to be, you know, when you put them in that situation all the time? Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of rare that now, like this season, that we saw Jacob Webb get a fresh start going into or like a fresh start going into an inning. So, yeah, you know, it's just um, not being able to get out of jams, not being able to get outs. Um, you know, and like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. We were one of the best, we were, we were one of the best baseball teams when it came to hitting with two outs with runners in scoring position we probably went um we probably batted well we definitely batted below 200 but we were probably batting below 150 too so it's like i mean we were we were we struggled to say it you know talking about like the two out situation i've also seen this in the playoffs a lot with the ashes and the phillies so with the o's two in the playoffs they got men on with two outs you cannot get men on with i mean you can but like you can't really start an inning with two outs. You got to start it with a fresh inning. You got to get men on because if you have zero outs of the inning and a man in second, a fly ball to deep center field that's caught gets that run of the third. Like use your outs wisely. Like you can't strike out, strike out, and then hit, and then expect to have four more hits back to back to back to back. Well, and I think that's like the interesting part of baseball. It's like something that's hard to control. And I think it's just a luck thing when it comes down to mm-hmm. it, really. Um, I mean, it's a luck and skill, obviously, but obviously, but you know, like it's the amount of times that we had one or two outs and then we get a hit. Like, I don't think we had really any hits when we were fresh, yeah, uh, to start an inning. So I think it comes down to being a luck thing. And, uh, you know, you know, got to give hats off to the Rangers bullpen. Um, they came in as the weakness per se for the team, but they showed why why they are a playoff team and their mm-hmm. bullpen, you know, showed up and uh, they shut down the Orioles, especially I mean, besides the first game it was a blowout. I know it was only a three run difference, but without that Aaron Hicks home run, it's an eleven five game. I know. Um going like in the ninth. So I think it comes down to like, do you really love the game or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, and also like game three doesn't really show it. But I remember middle of the season, Austin Hayes was like, yep, we're never out of the game. We can fight with any team. And game one and game two, even though they lost, they showed it. They kept it close the whole game one. Game two, it really wasn't close, but they made the final score look close. Um, and, I mean, if you're, giving, if you're scoring eight runs and you lose a game, that's just terrible, in my opinion. If you score eight-plus runs and lose a game. Um, like, your pitcher shouldn't really be giving up eight runs, eight-plus runs uh in my opinion um but again as we talked about earlier grayson went 1.2 innings in this game too allowed five runs off of six hits and four walks uh he would only have two strikeouts and his playoff era obviously as i said earlier it was 27.00 um i make the joke because i guess it helps me uh that he learned from clayton kershaw (laughs) yeah um i mean i think we didn't see a good grace on Rodriguez. Um, you know, giving up, I think when you look at it, um, the Texas Rangers were very good with the way they played their bullpen in game two. Um, they used four relievers in game one, I believe it was. So I think they did a great job of recognizing, hey, we have a big lead. Hey, we have runs to give. We're going to put in our lower end bullpen guys and we're going to save up our fresh bullpen guys for 
game three. Obviously, they ended up blowing us out, so it didn't really end up mattering that much. But um, I think they did a good job of playing to win and, uh, you know, not um, overdoing it. You know? And I know, like, everyone criticizes Hyde at the end of the day. This team was an 115-loss team. And I know, I know, like, at the end of the day, I don't think it's acceptable that they lost in the ALDS. And I mean, like, it happens. It happens. But if you look at it two years ago, we had 115 losses. 115 losses. So in two years, what we've got is pretty amazing. So I feel you just got to look at the positives there. I agree. And people can criticize the manager all like all we want because we have an outside perspective. But at the end of the day, do we really know what was happening within the bullpen? Because mm-hmm. uh, or within the pitching staff or within the players, like, do we know what's really happening? Do we know who's beat up and like where they're beat down? And like, you know, for instance, like just because somebody's beat up doesn't mean they're on the IR. I don't think people realize that. And like, sometimes people aren't healthy, you know, you can have inflammation and stuff like that, but it's not bad enough where you put them on on the IR. I think, you know, just at that point, it's just people like believing like, yeah, we can all play a manager, but he is the manager. And he's been the guy who's led us through. It's not like he's untested. He's led us through this whole thing. He, he's a big reason why we won 101 games this year in the development stuff. And the Braves, as I said, they won 104 games. So they only won three more games than, uh, than we did. Um, if you want to count playoffs, four more games. Than we did. Um, but game three, and I know we talked about this at the beginning, but I really don't want to bring the whole like Jewish thing in this with uh, Dean Kramer. Because I know they asked Dean Kramer, like, uh, can you pitch because of the whole thing with your family in Israel, all that. He's like, yeah, I can. Um, And you don't know what's happening in his mind at all. So you can't really make, like, something saying, like, oh, like, he was thinking about that the whole time or not. Um, But, like, I don't know. What what do you think about that? Uh, You know, prayers out to his family, um, Mm -hmm. him and his family, because I know that's such a tough situation. I could only imagine if my family was in a war-torn area or could be in danger, I would would be – never be on belief. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's – you know, that's a really tough situation. Um, But at the end of the day, they asked him. He said he was ready to go. So I'm going to trust him. He was the best arm we had for the job that day. and I just think, you know, it just didn't go away, you know, and that, that happens, especially yeah. when you only, especially when your payroll is that small, you know, and mm-hmm. they're able to start people like Jordan Montgomery, um, Evaldi. Uh, Evaldi, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like playing, um, it's like a D1 team versus a D2 team. You know? it's, a, it's not, yeah. um, what well, is fair, it's like choosing to be the D2 team, you know, mm-hmm. um, choosing not to invest. And I think we saw firsthand. I don't think people can say, oh, it's because the whole Israel thing, which is why he didn't do well. We can't say that. We don't know. And honestly, I didn't think, um, to be honest, I didn't think uh, Kramer's um, uh, game wasn't anything that we hadn't seen during the regular season. I thought it was a pretty typical um, Kramer outing, per se. So. You know, at the end of the day, I, I just think we didn't come to play. We didn't want it bad enough, but the Rangers did. You know, yeah. they played. They played good baseball. That's perfect how you said that. So, oh my God, Catel Marte walked off base low to bottom of the ninth. The Diamondbacks are still in the game and still in the series. 
2-1 Phillies. Game four will be in Arizona, so we will see what happens. Um, and then the Astros and Rangers. Astros are down uh, 2-1, so the Rangers are up 2-1. And we'll see what happens with that game as this comes out tomorrow. So tonight's game, so I guess at this point yesterday's night's game, uh, is game four for the Astros and the Rangers. Things around the league I kind of want to talk about. First off, I saw this today. Uh, the Cardinals discussing coaching job with Yadier Molina. I think that's sick. Like, that's oh, awesome. That's awesome. Like, I, I love to see that. Um, I'm curious where he would coach them. Uh, well, he'd definitely be catching with the Cardinals. They got, they got a sign, it would be a travesty of injustice if they, no, they, I meant like, I meant like, would he be like an offensive coach, defensive coach? I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, oh, he's got to be defensive though, and he's yeah. definitely got to be like the catchers because you know, there, there are catchers coaches per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer to throw him up there. Uh, I think it'd be kind of funny if he was coaching Wilson Contreras because <laughs> um, just, you know, they played it with each other so much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, he played, what, 17 years? It was or around, like at least around 20 years with the Cardinals. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, there's nobody better. And, uh, you know, he's a potential – well, he's a, probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, I would say. At least I would put him in the – uh, as a potential first round or first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think, you know, and he knows what he's doing. He has a smart and a high baseball IQ. I'd definitely put him as a catcher's coach. I think he'd, I think he could coach at any ball club in the, uh, in the MLB. I also, after the season, um, I know this is a little off topic, but uh, I love that the Yankees signed Dan Judge to a long contract because he did not look good at all this season. Injuries and everything just didn't look good. Um, and I'm not praying for an injury at all, but like you're gonna sign this long-term contract, and it's not gonna be good. Like, uh, who is it? Trey Turner, the after the standing ovation. Yeah, he's been fine. Um, which is good that he changed it around because if you're a Philly fan base and you know we paid him 12 years and he's not putting up anything, like, uh oh, there goes our Ooh. money. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I mean, that was unlocking it. You know, that's another thing, part of baseball. Like, so Mike Trout, we've seen it over and over and over. Well, Aaron Judge, he's done his best to stay healthy. And, you know, it's just an unlucky injury. And the thing is, he got injured making a play for his team um, and being on the baseball field. So, I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's busted his butt. And when you've seen him healthy, I mean, he's been the Aaron Judge that they're paying for. So, at the end of the yeah. day, I don't think it's Aaron Judge's fault. I don't think the Yankees are regretting paying him that much. Um, I think they regret having him hurt this year. Like they, they wish it would have gone more. Uh, they wish he would have been healthier and wouldn't have gotten hurt. But at the same point, it's like, you know, he was doing it playing the sport that they're paying him to play. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, it is a hard sport. You can't be like, oh, he has to be perfect. Yeah. You can't be perfect. I feel like in any job, you can't be perfect. Hundred percent. Like if someone can name me a job that you can be perfect in, go ahead. I just, I just don't think you can. Um, yeah. What also I saw, I think this was two days ago, the Giants interview assistant coach Alyssa Nakin, is that how you spell it? Nakin, Nakin, uh, for manager role. I think this is great for baseball, especially for girls in baseball, because I know like a lot of girls that love baseball. And like seeing this for as a girl, like I'm not a girl, of course, but like <laughs> seeing this from a girl's point of view, that checks out. <laughs> uh, seeing it from a girl's point of view is kind of cool. 
because like it's someone like you and you're like oh like i love the game of baseball like if she can do it why can't i do it 100 percent. and i just hope like the giants aren't doing this for uh you know publicity and stuff like that like that is just my one goal i hope that they aren't i hope they actually mm -hmm. interviewed her and actually are looking at her um you know and if she's for the like i just think i should think i just want it to be a fair fair thing if she's the best she's the best of the job hire if she's not then yeah. don't you know that's what i'm saying it's like don't play footsies you know like don't do it for publicity if she's the best of the job hire her if she deserves yeah. it hire her you know so at the end of the only day, thing just, is though only thing is that if they don't hire her they're gonna get so much backlash it's gonna be crazy yeah i know and yeah and that's obviously uh this happens they might they might get some but it's like and that's the thing it's like i think um that's why i'm hoping it's not a publicity stunt that they're actually interested in her um mm -hmm. and like like i said before if there's two people like take take the gender out um if whoever's best for the job give them the role you know yeah it's um so that means don't not hire her because she's a girl but at the same point don't hire her because she's a girl just hire whoever's best for the job and mm -hmm. i think that's going to be good for baseball i think you've seen you know women start to take roles and um that's you know, because in the in those situations uh they've been best for the job so what i'm saying is if Alyssa's best at the job hire her because yeah. you know you want you want the best for your program we saw what happened with uh kim and she did a great job as the marlins gm this year mm -hmm. uh, or over the past two three years so i think um there is room to grow for women in sports and i think you know how if they are the best of the job like i said before give them the job you yeah. know um because at the end of the day you want the person that's best for your organization so i totally agree with that i mean you want your organization to grow and grow and grow and you want the fans to be happy of course because you want the money um at the end of the day because it's a business of course um of course and when i when i was younger i didn't even think of it as a business um which it's crazy because like so like when i was younger i was just to all my favorite players just staying on the same team whatever i could get a jersey like i had a flacco jersey have a tucker jersey and uh, i could just always wear that jersey because they weren't getting traded um but it just happens and like this is so off topic i know but the eagles they just picked up julio jones like whatever makes your team better a team's gonna do yeah 100 percent. and you know it's all about sticking to your ml like what works mm -hmm. for you um you know and finding the best people for the job you know yeah. uh there's nothing I, I hate worse than people that tank um the teams that tank and do that stuff and i don't think i mean i don't think it's right at all um and i think that you know it's just at the end of the day it's like uh you know doing the best you can within the organization you know putting the people out there putting the staff out there um that's gonna win you championships you know because that's the goal everyone wants to win a championships so nobody's gonna be like oh mm -hmm. well um you know my goal is just to be 90 and uh 72 and just make the playoffs like nobody says that nobody wants yeah. that everybody at the end of the day everybody wants a pennant you know so. mm -hmm. um but i guess do you want to talk about anything else though before we go to the closing uh yeah uh i thought kim the whole situation with the Marlins gm was kind of weird that they're trying to bring in somebody over her now mm -hmm. i think that some of the stuff she did wasn't the best but like um that's because we have the crystal ball now you know it's all in hindsight but i think like she did a fine job as a gm mm -hmm. i mean and then, she gave them the playoff first playoff uh first playoff yeah. team since 
That's all. Is that the first ever? Uh, oh, what I was gonna say is uh, now that I remembered it, um, is the whole tanking thing. That's what I love about the MLB and the NHL. You can't really tank because it's a lottery. Yeah. Like you can have a higher percent if your team's not good, but you really can't tank because it's a lottery. And I think the NFL should go to that. Um, I don't know. So like with football. You're mm-hmm. gonna have those really, really bad teams. Like, look at Carolina. They're not tanking. They're just a yeah, position. So, like at the same point with football, like I like seeing those really bad teams get like the the Hutchinson, the um, you know, the Caleb mm-hmm. Williams for next year. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't think that team should tank, but I think usually it's like a competition for tanking because there's usually that multiple bad teams like around each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get to the the question though, because okay. I I know you're really wondering what that answer is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Birdland! Thank you guys and gals for listening to this week's episode of Boom Boom Birdland. I would also like to thank Gina for coming on and wanting to join the podcast. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, thank you, thank you for coming on. Like anytime you want to come on, like the whole point of my podcast is to talk to other Orioles fans and get Orioles fans' opinions because I think it's so cool. Um, also to anyone that listens, um, I tried getting Kevin Brown on. He always just looks at my, uh, what is it? Story never, never replies. So I don't think we're going to get Kevin Brown on sadly. Um, I guess go for Ben McDonald next. <laughs> That'll be cool. That'll that be very cool. Um, so let's get back to this week's trivia now. Uh, for this week's question, I asked, um, about a former player and this former Oriole is still in the league. Has played eight for eight teams, including the Orioles. This player is from the Dominican Republic and is a seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, and ALC MVP. Finally, this player had five home runs in 2023 and is a DH and right fielder. Wait, so who did you say it was? Before uh, I well, it's something on Manny Machado. I'm trying to think of the outfield in San Diego because he said you said they played for San Diego this year. Yeah, I mean the only people I can think of is like Profar um grisham so i'm a i'm a lock in pro far okay um well the player was nelson cruz i know nelson cruz that's a throwback <laughs> i'll tell you that no i was like i was thinking doing like gunner henderson or something but i was like i don't want it to be too easy like oh no you should have given me an easy one dude oh <laughs> man that was that one was that was that, that was, was hard uh, it was a little bit tough dude because i mean he, he hasn't been on the orioles for for a hot minute now so I know, and the thing is, like, when I said five home runs, I was like, dang, like, that's not a good representation. Well, it's like so, yeah, like, I, I have no clue, like, uh, you know, because, like, <laughs> baseball is such a hit-miss year, or hit-miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, like, he could be great one year, and he could be, like, not so great, so it's mm-hmm. like, you know. I was thinking, yeah, candidates for this question was Gunner. Uh, I was thinking of, like, uh, what is his name? Uh, Mark Trumbo. I was like, Trumbo would be too hard. Like, no I love one- Mark Trumbo. That's my guy. No one, I don't think I'm getting like if someone gives me a question with Mark Trumbo, oh, I'm not getting it either. <laughs> I'm not getting that. I was like, Adam Jones, possibly. I wanted someone that was like different. One more huge thanks to Gino. And as always, you know how we end this thing. Let's go O's. <laughs>